turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Life is filled with both sunshine and storms, but without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kahiwat. Today we're going to conclude our sermon series on how to deal with the unknowns in life. Out of Matthew chapter number 6. And the verses we're going to look at today is Matthew 6 verses 33 and 34 which says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on this message today. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you so much for the power of your word. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I ask that you would use this message today to minister to the hearts of the hearers so that, Lord, we might become more like you and have a greater relationship with you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Herman Melville wrote a classic novel about a white whale, and the name of the novel, I'm sure you've heard of it, is Moby Dick. In it, Melville wrote the story of Captain Ahab, who was obsessed with killing the great white whale which had caused him to lose his leg. For every ship he met as he led his own boat around the world in search of the whale, he had one question. Hast thou seen the white whale? Once Ahab's ship passed another, which had an amazing catch. Their boat was full of whale oil. Their crew was all dancing and drinking and celebrating. And as the ships crossed paths, they invited Ahab to come over. They were holding a bottle and a glass for him. But monomaniac Ahab had only one question for them. Hast thou seen the white whale? The other captain hadn't. He said he didn't even believe there was such a whale. Ahab immediately commanded his crew forward, set all sail. Captain Ahab had only one aim, the great white whale, and the great white whale only. He had to eat, drink, sleep, wear a cloak in the storm to stay alive. But all of that was just a means to an end, to kill that white whale. Nothing else really mattered. That kind of singular focus is rare in our day when we tend to be so scattered and tossed between priorities and events. If we're focused on one thing, it's often the wrong thing. Money or sports or so-called success or some other very temporary worldly thing. But Jesus has a word of challenge here in Matthew 6 verse number 33 where he commanded us and all who would be his followers. He says, but seek ye first. 
In this closing sermon of our three-part miniseries, we've looked at the commanded attitude of Jesus Christ. In verses 24 and 25, Jesus said, Take no thought, which means, don't be worried, don't be anxious. And then last time, we saw the considerable arguments of Jesus Christ in Matthew 6, verses 26 to 32, where he talks about the fowl and the future and the flowers are all taken care of by God And if God will take care of them, then he will take care of us because we are much more valuable than they. And then today, as we close out this sermon series, we're going to take a look at the challenging assurance of Jesus Christ in Matthew 6, verses 33 and 34. And the first thing I would like for you to understand is this. Jesus gives to us the desired priority. Just like Captain Ahab, who had a priority to find that white whale, this ought to be our desired priority, is singularly focused on Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse number 33, but seek ye first. The word for seek means to desire, to possess, or to try to obtain. And the word first denotes degree. Christ is literally saying, try to obtain to the greatest degree or desire to possess above all else. Here is this case against the sin of taking thought or being anxious, distressed, and worrisome. There are things that require greater focus and pursuit than comfortable necessities, food, drink, and clothing. There are far greater lasting things for which we should be concerned. Notice that Christ declares two objects that must be our priority. The first thing he gives to us is this. We are to pursue a relationship with God. That ought to be our first priority. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Our first and principal concern is to pursue God. The phrase kingdom of God is equivalent to kingdom of heaven. And this is referring to the sphere of salvation. Here Jesus was imploring the audience to seek or desire salvation. Jeremiah 9 verses 23 and 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight saith the Lord. This is the entire purpose of our existence, which is to know God, to fear Him, respect or revere God, and to obey Him. Proverbs 8 verse number 17 tells us, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Jeremiah 29 verse number 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This was King David's one priority in life, was to pursue God, to have a relationship with God. He said in Psalm 27 verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. We also find that this was Mary's one pursuit in life. In Luke chapter 10, verse number 42, Mary, the sister of Martha, was spoken of by Jesus Christ. When Jesus spoke to Martha about Mary, Jesus said, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. And that was sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ, just getting to know him. The Apostle Paul had one purpose in life. His singular focus was found in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Brethren, I count now myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Earlier in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, the Apostle Paul claimed that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. The way to know and have a relationship with God is through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It's trusting in the one who died on the cross for our sins as a payment for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again the third day. You see, when we see ourselves as sinners in need of a Savior and we cannot save ourselves, then putting our faith and trust in God's remedy for our salvation in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone is the only way to get a relationship with God. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no way to have a relationship with God except through Jesus Christ. John 17, verse number 3, the Bible says, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Christ urged listeners to seek salvation, to have a relationship with God, and with it would come the full care and provision of the Almighty. So the first thing we see is to pursue a relationship with God. Secondly, in the challenging assurance, Jesus Christ challenges us to pursue the righteousness of God. Again, in verse number 33, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's our relationship, and his righteousness. This is the righteousness which he requires to be produced in us and by us only through Jesus Christ. You see, my friend, our righteousnesses are no good. We are not good enough to merit our way into heaven. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 64, 6, that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, and when he did that, his righteousness was imputed to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Romans 1 verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Philippians 3 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. 
Zephaniah 2 verse 3 says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Now this isn't talking about the righteousness or goodness of man, because all our righteousnesses are unworthy. This speaks of the righteousness of God. When Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we are to seek after heaven through Christ, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ is the only righteousness that God will see. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 tells us, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Hebrews 12, verse 14, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Second Peter 1, 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And then in 2 Peter 3, verse 11 tells us, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? My dear friends, you have greater and better things upon which to focus in life. Many people focus on sports. Many people focus on indulgences. Many people focus on making money and living comfortably. What we need to be focusing on is to be concerned about our relationship with God and our obedience to God. So make your relationship with God and the righteousness of God your priority in life. Not only do we see the desired priority, but I want you to see secondly in these verses that Jesus Christ challenges us with a divine promise. And this is our assurance that we can find in him. The second part of verse number 33 of Matthew 6 says, And all these things shall be added unto you. Understand that this is a compound statement, not a conditional one. Compound means that there are multiple parts to this promise, to this assurance. Most preachers would claim that Jesus is saying, If you make the kingdom of God your priority, and you make purity a priority, then all these things will be added unto you. But that's not what Christ is saying. Christ challenged us that when we prioritize our relationship with God and prioritize the righteousness of God as foremost of life, it also includes God's promises to provide. He promised to provide for our meat and our drink and our clothing, the basic necessities of life and the basic necessities of spiritual life. And I want you to see the amazing assurance that he gives us in this verse. He says, all these things. Here we see the sphere of the promise. All these things. That's the range of the promise. All. And that these things refers to the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Think of it this way. Christ had already argued that God takes care of our daily necessities. He will take care of our food, He'll take care of our drink, and He'll take care of our protection and clothing. And because He values us above fowl and flowers, He takes care of our life's needs. And as we are greater than creatures and creation, so He wants us to have that which is greater than our temporal 
earthly life. He wants us to have the blessings of heaven. I am so thankful for the assurance of Romans 8.32, which says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So here we see the sphere of the promise, all these things. And then I want you to see the supplemental provision. Jesus says, shall be added. The promise concerning all things is that they shall be added unto you. What an assuring thing. This is a sure thing, a direct promise. This is the sure sum and substance of what Christ has promised to each one of us. There is no need to be concerned about the earthly temporal things of life. God takes care of us. Rather, we ought to be prioritizing the pursuit of the substance of eternal life. And the God who provides for the fowl and flowers will add to our needs, our spiritual needs, and our earthly needs. All those who seek first the relationship with God and the righteousness of God can expect to be given above and beyond temporal earthly things. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 tells us, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Matthew Henry said, Oh, what a blessed change would it make in our hearts and lives did we but firmly believe this truth, that the best way to be comfortably provided for in this world is to be most intent upon another world. That's our priority. Our desired priority is to seek after the righteousness of God and a relationship with God. And he gives us a divine promise. All these things shall be added unto us. So we've seen the desired priority and a divine promise. But I want you to notice in verse number 34 that Jesus gives us the daily perspective. He says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Here we see Jesus personifying the future. He said, The morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. What was Christ teaching? Well, we know that he's not saying to be anxious or distressed about the future because he made it very clear, take no thought for the morrow. Literally, don't be anxious about what you don't know. He then gives two truths uh, that we must think about daily. And the first truth is this, don't focus with the potential of what if. Don't focus on the potential of what if. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't consider future consequences for today's decisions. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. It's not wrong to use wisdom to think things through considering the consequences or the results. You see, this isn't what Jesus was talking about. What Jesus was saying was this. Don't live in the world of 
what if? You ever wonder and become anxious because you're constantly thinking, what if this happens or what if that happens? What if I don't have enough money? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my house? Well, we've already mentioned in the previous sermons that the future will take care of itself because God's in control of the future. What this verse means is that the future is concerned only about the future. Again, the phrase take uh, uh, shall take thought gives the idea that it will be anxious or worrisome. The future will take thought of itself. Let the future worry about the future. But every time that we are awake, every moment in life is always the present, never the future. The future will be, will be worried about itself, but it will also bring with it its provisions. And here's a truth that we need to remember. When you anxiously wait by the door for tomorrow, you will always open it to be greeted by today. Let me say that again. When you anxiously wait by the door for tomorrow, you will always open it to be greeted by today. What does that mean? It means if you live in the what if, what if, what if, tomorrow never arrives. It is always today. It is always right now. So take no thought for the morrow. Don't focus on the what if. Secondly, I want you to see here that Jesus teaches that we ought to be focusing on the present of what is. Focus on the present of what is. Jesus says, For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The present day will already have its own challenges. And though you will have needs, God will provide for them as they come. This day will have its moments of distress, but God already knows. God is already under control, and God has already covered it. Isaiah 65, verse number 24 says, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. What an amazing promise that even before we think about asking, God's already in the process of answering. Remember this. That even though sometimes it doesn't seem like God is doing anything or can, or is, is hearing anything in our prayers, the silence of God doesn't mean the stillness of God. He is acting even before we make our petition. Albert Barnes said, Do not therefore increase the cares of today by borrowing trouble from the future. So focus with the present of what is. God has it under control. God will provide. His promises are true. Let me close with this. Hudson Taylor, missionary to China and founder of what is today known as the Overseas Missionary Fellowship, gave this excellent advice. He said, Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all, right into God's hands. And then... When we have given all over to Him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. As we keep short accounts of sin with God, 
we should also keep short accounts of worry to him. And the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put it this way. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the scripture says, Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, don't fret, don't take thought, don't be anxious. Jesus has given us the challenging assurance. The challenge is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our focus. That's our priority is seek a relationship with God and seek the righteousness of God. That's only found in Jesus Christ. And then he tells us to deal with the present. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow. Don't live in the what if. Trust in the what is, and what is, is that God is in control. If you're looking for a church family where you can serve, I'd like to invite you to Anchor Baptist Church of San Diego. We are a Christ-centered, family-oriented ministry located at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. Our services start on Sunday for Sunday School at 9.30 a.m., and our morning worship begins at 10.45. Then we have a brief time of fellowship before we begin our afternoon service at 12.15 p.m. Our midweek Bible study and prayer time is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with a destructive, addictive behavior, Anchor Baptist Church offers an addictions recovery ministry, which is a Bible-based recovery program that provides freedom through the power of God and His Word. This program is called Reformers Unanimous, and we meet every Friday at 7 p.m., also at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. For more information, visit us at www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. That's www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Or call us at 619-804-3413. That's 619-804-3413. Anchored in Christ is a radio broadcast supported by donations by faithful listeners like you. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you and you'd like to donate to this broadcast, please visit our website at www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org giving and donate to Anchored in Christ radio broadcast. Thank you for listening and may God keep you anchored in Christ. You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kehiwat. For more information, visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ.